Welcome to the Jumpstart Your Faith podcast channel, where you will receive the essential tools to take your faith to the next level. I am your host, Brian Ratliff, and I currently pastor Clearbrook Baptist Church in Roanoke, Virginia. Here is the latest message preached from one of our services. Grab your Bible, pen, notepad, and get ready to jumpstart your faith. Today, I would like to label my sermon title with these four words, God is my shepherd. God is my shepherd. By means of introduction, there's two of my favorite characters, and in fact, two of the greatest characters in Scripture that speak of them being a shepherd. We read back in the Old Testament book of Exodus, and we read about how Moses, that man, before he was ever a leader over the nation of Israel, we read how he was somewhat of a shepherd, tending some sheep. And then we read about how God used his life to not just shepherd those sheep, but perhaps those sheep that he was tending to prepared him for the day that he would lead and shepherd the people of Israel. But we know that his life served as the greater picture. For just as God had his hand upon Moses to, to, to lead his people out of Egypt to deliver them from the, from the hand of Pharaoh, we know that God would send his son, Jesus, to come and, and, and guide us and lead us and deliver us from this world of sin. We read about another character in the scriptures, probably uh, two of the greatest characters. We got Moses and then we've got David. In fact, when I went to Israel, we, we, we saw the place where David's tomb was. And these Orthodox Jewish men were there and they were, you know, praying like this. And they had their prayer books out and they were doing this kind of gesture with their body. And they were praying and praying and praying over that grave. But I want you to know this, that David was a shepherd before he ever went and slew the giant of Gath. Before he ever went and, and served in Saul's palace, he was just a shepherd tending his sheep. And I believe that God set it all up for him so that one day that would prepare him to lead and oversee the kingdom of Israel. But you know that his life served for a greater picture. That one day a greater king than David would come the King of kings and the Lord of lords, and He would be the one that would be our shepherd. Yes, even in those days of the Old Testament, Moses and David, Jesus was God, Jehovah was shepherding those people, and they were the human individual that God placed to oversee them. But now we know that Jesus is the shepherd and bishop of our souls. The Bible speaks about that. In fact, in Psalm number 80, we read the psalmist praying to the shepherd that is Almighty God, our shepherd. We read about in Jeremiah and Ezekiel, those two prophets of old, how when they were out preaching, they were out proclaiming the word of God to a people and stiff-necked nation who did not want God as their shepherd. In fact, the shepherds, the earthly shepherds of their day, were leading the people of God astray. May I say this? May I say this respectfully? There's plenty of people on television and all around the world who call themselves under-shepherds of the flock of God who are leading the people of God astray. In Matthew's Gospel and in Mark's Gospel, parallel passages, Matthew chapter 9 and Mark chapter 6, we read about Jesus, the Good Shepherd. He comes on the scene and He looks out across the, the multitudes and He says He saw the people and He was moved with compassion upon them because they had no shepherd. We read in Hebrews chapter 13. just want to read this verse to you so I don't misquote it. Hebrews chapter 13 
And in verse number 20, we read these words. Now the God of peace that brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant. Make you perfect in every good work to do His will, working in you and that which is well-pleasing in His sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. In 1 Peter chapter 2, and verse 25, we read these words. For you were as sheep going astray, but now return unto the shepherd and bishop of our souls. And then chapter 5 and verse number 4, the Bible says, When the chief shepherd shall appear, may I say this today? Jesus Christ is going to return. And, and I believe that, that events like we're seeing today is just signs and, r- and road signs of the future coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. So make no mistakes about it. The great shepherd, Jesus Christ, is going to return today and set up an everlasting kingdom or, or a kingdom here on this earth and then an everlasting kingdom in the worlds to come. Today, I want to share with you from Psalm 23. I begin to think to myself, what can we talk about today on Homecoming, Seven, uh, Homecoming Sunday? What can we talk about today also on Palm Sunday? How can we marry the two together? And then how can we find comfort in our world and life today and all that's going on? Well, I couldn't think of anything but Psalm 23, a psalm that's read in times when we need comfort. And I'm here to tell you, the greatest place to turn to for comfort is not the psychiatric ward is not Dr. Phil, it's not Oprah, it's not any, any television show or news station, but it is the very Word of God, the Bible. Today I want to share with you five thoughts about God being my shepherd. And may I say this before we go into this? That every verse in this psalm stems from the very first phrase. And that is, if God is your shepherd, everything in this psalm applies directly to you. But if God is not your shepherd, my friend, nothing in this psalm applies to you. I want to share with you, first of all today, first five thoughts from verse number one. God is my shepherd, and he is all I need. God is my shepherd, and he is all I need. Look at verse number one. The Bible says, the Lord is my shepherd. Notice the word is the Lord, the word Lord is capitalized. That's referring to Jehovah God. And we understand that as we've studied the Bible, that the Jehovah of the Old Testament is the Jesus of the New Testament. So when you dive into the Old Testament and you read that capital L, capital R, capital O, capital R, capital D, it is literally referring to Jehovah God and also Almighty God and also Jesus Christ. And it says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Now, this word want gives, it's kind of an older English word, not saying like, I want Chick-fil-A on Sunday, but I can't have Chick-fil-A on Sunday because Chick-fil-A is closed on Sunday. It's not what it's referring to. It's literally giving the idea a need. So if you could, whenever you see the word want here in this passage, just, just know this, that it's defined as need. So here it is. When God is our shepherd, he is all we need. So I wrote down, God is my shepherd and he is all I need. One thing I've learned in this whole catastrophe that we're going on, that Jesus is all I need. When you're lonely, Jesus is all you need. When you've got everything and then some, Jesus is all you need. Jesus is what we need in order to be content with everything that we have in life. In Matthew chapter 6, the greatest sermon we believe that was ever preached in the world, the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus said this, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. I'll tell you what today, that if we would put God at first as a church, I think God will still supply our need during this quarantine. 
Because he owns the cattle on a thousand hills. God owns everything. And so who are we to, to think that God is not going to supply our need? I believe that God is going to supply your need in your household if you keep God first in your life. Jesus said that the lilies of the field are clothed by him. He said that the birds of the air are given a place to nest. And he says that I can clothe them all and feed them all. And aren't we much more than they? In Acts chapter number 2, we read the birth of the church, the day of Pentecost. For us, in the 1980s is when our church became alive, if you will. When we first began to meet and gather together as Clearbrook Baptist Church, great things began to happen. But I want you to know this. That in the book of Acts chapter 2, we read in verse 45 how the early apostles, the, these believers, they were, they, they were sold out for the cause of Jesus Christ, man. Listen to this. They took everything that they owned, they sold it, and brought it before the apostles' feet and says, whatever somebody's in need of, use that to provide their need. If you're in need today, I want you to know this, that you can go to the very feet of Jesus Christ and He'll provide your need. In Acts chapter 4, verse 35, we read an extension of that. And, and we see that the apostles were, were fully committed from their minds to their mouths to their actions, even to their wallets. And I'm here to tell you something today, church, that we've got to be faithful to God in every area of our life, even during quarantine, even during coronavirus. Let's understand this, that when Jesus is first outside and inside of a trial like this, we know that he's going to provide our need. What did Paul say to the church of Philippi? He said, but my God shall supply all of your need according to his riches and glory. It's interesting that, that Paul chose to, to labor as a tent maker and to advance the gospel of Jesus Christ. And only a few churches helped him and supported him. We believe that Philippi aided him in financial support. And God used the church of Philippi to support him. And then he says to Philippi, God will supply your need. Why will God supply your need? Because God has riches that we could not even fathom. God has a, has, a, has a bank that cannot be contained by the amount of finances in this world. God's wealth far exceeds man's wealth. And may I say this today, it's not, about, it's not about net worth. It's about soul worth. And you are worth so much more to the, in the eyes of God than anything else in this world. And that's why Jesus came. And that's why he came in riding on a donkey so that one day he could be taken to the cross and die for your sins and my sins. In Hebrews chapter number 4, verse number 16, maybe, maybe you have needs right now. Maybe you've lost your job. Well, let me share this with you. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16 says that we can go to God and we can ask him for prayer to obtain mercy to obtain grace in our time of need. God is my shepherd and he's all I need. May I share with you secondly as we move forward in verse number two? God is my shepherd and he gives me eternal peace. God is my shepherd and he gives me eternal peace. Look at verse number two. It says he makes me to lie down in green pastures. A field is a Symbol of peace. That is, if you've ever gone out into a field and you begin to just look and to oversee it, it is, a, it is symbolic of peace. And then it goes on to say, He leads me beside the still waters. Whenever you go up to a pond or a body of water, a lake or whatever, and, and the waters are stilled, it symbolizes peace. 
But I want you to know this, that Jesus gives peace that, 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 that is far greater than this world gives peace. Yes, you might have peace temporarily in this lifetime, but you will not have peace eternally without a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. The Bible says in Psalm number 119, 165, it says, Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. May I say this to you today? That in this time of our lives, the people that should be walking around on earth with the greatest amount of peace in China, in Asia, in Africa, in Europe, in the United States of America, in South America, is a child of God. Somebody who knows Jesus Christ as Savior. They should understand that He's the one who's given us eternal peace in our souls. And we have no need to worry. We have no need to fret. We have no need to fear because Jesus gives us the peace that passes all understanding. In Isaiah chapter 9. We read that great prophetic passage about Jesus and about His birth, and He is called the Prince of Peace. In Daniel, chapter 6, we read about Daniel going into the den of lions and how God gave him peace in the midst of, of the raging lions, and he stopped the mouth of lions. And then the king saw what had happened, and he issued out a decree, and he said, Peace be multiplied to all of you. I'm here to tell you something, that just as the king of Babylon issued out a decree beginning with peace, I believe that Almighty God can issue out a decree and say, peace, be still, like he did in Mark chapter 4, verse 39. It's interesting when we, when we begin to think about peace throughout the word of God. Not only do we read about the peace here in, in the, the, the still waters in the green pastures, but we read about the shepherds in Luke's gospel, chapter 2, how they came. And the shepherds, along with the other beings, saw peace for the first time in human form. Jesus. In John's Gospel, chapter 14, and verse number 27, here are the words of Jesus Christ. He said, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. In Romans chapter 5, verse 1, we see, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God our Father through the Lord Jesus Christ. Let me share this with you. Now, 2,000 years ago, when Jesus came, He came to bring peace to this world. But I'm not talking about world peace. I'm talking about peace down in your soul. He died not to extend world peace so that we would never have war, but He came to end peace, but to bring peace so that we could have peace in the raging spiritual battle against Satan and in our soul so that we could experience the great everlasting life found in Jesus Christ. God is my shepherd, and He gives me eternal peace. Do you have that peace today, my friend? My, 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 my fellow friend listening today, do you have peace that passes all understanding, as Paul said in Ephesians, and as Paul alluded to in Philippians, and as Paul alluded to in the book of Colossians? Do you have that peace? Well, if you don't, with greater time, then, as they say, quote, Holy Week, unquote, then to cry out to God for peace. May I share with you thirdly today as we move forward in this passage? Verse number three. It says He restores our soul, and He can. He can restore your soul. 
Now, sometimes the word soul, it kind of gives your, it kind of gives the idea of, of our emotions in the scriptures. And then it also means, you know, your eternal soul, the one that's going to live in eternity. And here, whether it's referring to our eternal soul or our mental soul, whatever it is, I know this, that Jesus can restore that mental soul just like he can restore that eternal soul. But then the Bible goes on to say this. He leads me in the paths of righteous for his name's sake. So I wrote down thirdly today, not just God is my shepherd and he's all I need. And not just God is my shepherd and he gives me eternal peace. But I wrote down thirdly today, God is my shepherd and he gives me guidance. God is my shepherd and he gives me guidance. Can you imagine Moses leading the Israelites one day at a time in the wilderness for 40 years? And they come up to him and they say, brother Moses, brother Moses, brother Moses, lead us this way. Brother Moses, lead us this way and that way. And do this and do that. But, but he was trusting the hand of God to lead them and guide them. And God guided them by a pillar of fire and by a cloud. And if God guided the Israelites during the 40 years of the wilderness, I'm here to tell you today, God can guide us in this season of quarantine with coronavirus. And he's guiding us right through it. Listen, I like what one preacher said. He said, if God brought you to it, he'll bring you through it. So whatever you're facing right now, whatever you're going through, disease, death, utter destruction and turmoil, God will lead you to it and bring you through it. In Psalm 5, verse number 8, here's what the psalmist said. He said, lead me, O Lord, in thy righteousness because of mine enemies. Make thy way straight before my face. In Psalm 37, verse 23, we read about how the steps of a good man are ordered, or in other words, directed by God. I believe that God is providential. I believe that God is sovereign. That God has a way of orchestrating everything that's going in the wor- on in the world and working it all out for His purpose and His plan that, that far exceeds my finite comprehension in mine. And He is doing that with your life and my life right now, this very second, and even with our church. Right now, I know that we're not able to gather together physically, but we can gather together virtually over the phones and over the internet, and we can encourage each other, we can pray for each other, and we can, we can bless each other even during this time. I know it's not quite the same, but we're going to have to make do with it and keep marching forward the Word of the living God. Amen. In Psalm 61, the Bible tells us in verse number 2, the psalmist Said, said these words. He said, let me just read verses 1 and 2. It says, Hear my cry, O Lord. Attend unto my prayer. From the end of the earth will I cry unto thee. When my heart is overwhelmed. Now check it out. Now here's the words, the famous words. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. I'm glad one day that we, we experienced the rock of ages coming into this world. And there, the rock of ages 2,000 years ago was riding on that donkey into Jerusalem. And they were saying, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. Blessed be he that comes in the name of the Lord. And today, church, we can, we can look back and we can celebrate. We can commemorate that day. And we can celebrate today that we've been doing this for over 30 years since the early 1980s. And we're going to march forward even to this very moment. You know, I found it interesting. Uh, this, the Solomon wrote these words. He said, trust in the Lord and lean not into thy own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. In Matthew's gospel, in the Sermon on the Mount, we read the Lord's Prayer. Not necessarily a prayer that we have to repeat every single day. If you want to, that's perfectly fine, but, but it's not designed that way. This was an example of, of how we are to pray. We're to pray to God, and He is hallowed. He has a hallowed name, and we, we to go to Him for everything. But, but in this, I just want to read this prayer to you because it's interesting of some of, the, some of the language that the Son of God uses many years ago. He said, After this manner, therefore pray ye, Our Father which art in heaven, 
hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Now check this out. Verse number 13. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. God has a way of leading us. I think of one example in the book of Acts. I think of one time when, when the Bible says the angel of the Lord came to Philip. And then a few verses later, the Bible says the Spirit of God led him to go to this Ethiopian eunuch and there to expound upon the scriptures of Isaiah 53. And then we believe that that man receives Christ as Savior. He's baptized and the Ethiopian eunuch goes to Africa. And it is very possible that that man was the very agent that God used to take the glorious gospel to the continent of Africa. God leads. God guides. And I like what one preacher said. He said, where God guides, he always provides. And listen today, church, he's guiding us and he's leading us every step of the way, even right now. And maybe God is, is guiding you and leading you to start a ministry online. Maybe, maybe a Bible study outside of our church Bible studies and meetings. Maybe he's leading you to do that with your friends, family, or anybody else who want to do, to do that over, through, over FaceTime, over Skype, over Zoom, over all the other ways and avenues that we can. I'm here to tell you something, that, that right now, it might sound crazy, it might sound odd, but the early apostles would be totally foreign to our idea of gathering together and worshiping. We, they were so primitive. They didn't have all the instruments. They didn't have all, all the fancy buildings and chandeliers that we have today. And listen, they didn't have telephones. They couldn't even call somebody, much less call somebody from China and talk to them for free right now. All this is foreign to them. But I want you to know this, that if they lived right now, they would be on the internet ways, marching forward the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that's why we're going to do it. God is leading us to do these things. And, and He led us to do this years ago. Now, right now, for, the, for a season, it's, it's our only avenue. And so we're going to use it for the glory of God. God is my shepherd and He guides and He gives me guidance. Excuse me. God is my shepherd and He gives me eternal peace. God is my shepherd and He's all I need. But I want to share with you fourthly today, from verse number four. The esteemed verse of the psalm. It says this, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. You know, you don't have to fear death. I, I think that, that, that the reason why there's so much emphasis on the quarantine and the coronavirus, maybe, may I just think out loud with you, is because our world is afraid to die. Tens of thousands of people, we are told, have died due to this virus. And I'm sorry about that. And I'm saddened about that. But I want you to know this, that the coronavirus is only one avenue of death. Thousands upon thousands of people die every year from cancer. Thousands upon thousands of people die every year because of pneumonia. Thousands upon thousands of people die every year because of the flu. People die every single day, but you don't have to fear death because Jesus 2,000 years ago overcame death, hell, and the grave. And now, as a child of God, we can be walking around with eternal peace and the understanding that, hey, we don't have to fear this disease because if we get it, we get to die and go be with Jesus. But if we don't get it, we get to live here on this earth and advance the good news of Jesus Christ. But the Bible goes on to say, Thou art with me, 
Thy rod and thy staff, they cover me. So here's the truth I have from verse number four. I wrote on this. God is my shepherd, and he gives me comfort during trials. God is my shepherd, and he gives me comfort during trials. When a sheep, when the sheep, back in the Old Testament days, just imagine Moses, imagine David tending the flock, not the people of Israel, but the actual, literal sheep, those lambs. And when they were injured, they were comforted by the very presence and touch of the shepherd. The shepherd had that curved staff, kind of like a, uh, uh, like a candy cane, you know, uh, but, but a long staff that he would take and he would hook it around that sheep and he would bring that sheep a little closer to him and he would comfort that little lamb. How does God comfort us? He comforts us right here. It says, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. That is a picture of the very words of God. It says, thou art with me. That is a picture of the omnipresence of God. How God is everywhere at all times. And God's word can bring comfort to any life who's in trial. And I want you to know this. That we would be foolish not to take this extra downtime and dive deeper into the Word of God. I was talking to somebody the other day and they said they're using this time to, to, to catch up on all their Bible reading and their devotions and to dive deeper. And I want you to know this, that hey, the way that you can be comforted is not by opening up the newspaper, <laughs> not by turning on CNN, not by watching Fox News, and not by WDB7 and WSLS. In fact, if you watch all that stuff, I'm not, I'm not saying not to, but when you do do that and you read that stuff, it can bring great fear and anxiety. But when you open up the very words of God, it will diminish your fears it will diminish your anxieties and will bring comfort to your soul and to your mind what does the bible say jesus said these words in john 16 in fact i, I love this verse i mean i love every verse in the bible but but i really love this one in fact this is my favorite verse right now that might change tomorrow but it says this these things have i spoken unto you that in me you might have peace hear, hear me out now listen to the words of jesus he said in this world you shall have tribulation. Now, that's not speaking about the great tribulation. That's speaking about the trials on this earth. We're all going to experience them, but check it out now. He says, be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. He can give us comfort in these trials. We read that verse in Romans 8, 28. We know what it says, that God works it all out for his good to those who love him. But I want you to listen. Hebrews chapter 11, we read about the great hall of faith. And by name only, David is mentioned. Doesn't elaborate on, on his life and the legacy that he has left behind. But it just mentions his name. And David is mentioned there. And David is the author of this psalm. But, 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 but the Bible goes on to say that in verse number 36, it, it begins to list out some of the ones who the prophets of old, uh, nameless prophets of old, who, who served God and who went through horrible trials. And I just want to read some of these verses to you. Take it down now. If you think what we're going through is bad, listen to these words. It says this about these prophets who through faith subdue kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtain promises, stop the mouths of lions, quench the violence of fire, escape the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, waxed valiant in fight, turned to fight, excuse me, turned to flight the armies of the aliens. And check it out. Verse 35 says this, women received their dead raised to life again, and others were tortured, not accepting deliverance, that they might obtain a better resurrection. Now, verse 36, listen to this. It says, and others had trial of cruel mockings and scourgings. They were beaten and mocked just like Jesus was. 
It says, Yea, moreover, of bonds and imprisonments. They were in jail for the name of Jesus Christ. It says, verse 37, They were stoned like Stephen. They were sawn asunder. They were cut in two. The Bible says, Were tempted, were, were slain with a sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins. They, they were homeless. It says, Being destitute, afflicted, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and mountains and in dens and caves of the earth. And all these having obtained a good report through faith, received not the promise. God, having provided some better thing for us, that they without us should not be made perfect. We see that in 1 Peter chapter 1 and 1 Peter chapter 4, really 1 Peter chapter 4 is, if, if 1 Corinthians chapter 15 is the resurrection chapter, then 1 Peter chapter 4 is the tribulation chapter, where the God's people are promised to go through tribulation. But God is with us. And even in the midst of those trials and these tribulations that we go through, imagine being at the burning stake to be burned alive for your faith. Imagine being beheaded for your faith. Imagine going through all of those things and being like Stephen and stoned to death for your faith. But even in those moments, we read in history how they were comforted by the presence of God. Jesus is my shepherd. And He comforts me during trials. Jesus is my shepherd and He gives me guidance, eternal peace, and He is all I need. But may I share with you fifthly and finally today? Fifthly and finally, from verses 5 through 6. I wrote down this. God is my shepherd and heaven is my eternal home. God is my shepherd and heaven is my eternal home. Look at verse 5. It says, Thou preparest a table... Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. God gives us the ability to love those who do not love us. How amazing that is. The Bible says, Thou anointest my head with oil, a symbol of the Holy Spirit, where God sends His Spirit to reside in us. And it says, My cup runneth over. God gives us blessing upon blessing upon blessing. But then verse number 6, it says, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Two options for you today. You're either part of the house of God or the synagogue of Satan. You're either in the family of God or the family of the devil. Jesus said, you're either for me or against me. So today, listening, you're either for God, you're either all in or you're all out. You cannot ride the fence of the Christian life. Isaiah said, all we like sheep have gone astray. There was a time in all of our lives where we strayed away from the presence of God and from the Word of God. But you know what's interesting? In John's Gospel, I alluded to it earlier, I talked about how he was the good shepherd. But in John chapter 10, verse 11, the Bible expounds. In fact, Jesus expounded on that. And he said, I am the good shepherd, and the good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. 2,000 years ago, Jesus came riding on a, the back of a donkey into Jerusalem. And he did that so that every man, woman, boy, or girl who strayed away from God could be able to come back to God. My question for you today in closing is this. 
Is Jesus Christ your shepherd? If He is, then you'll have all you need. You'll have eternal peace. You'll have guidance. You'll have comfort during trials. And heaven will be your eternal home. But if Jesus is not your shepherd, you do not have all you need. You do not have eternal peace. You do not have guidance from above. And you will not have comfort during your trials. And you will not have heaven as your eternal home. In fact, hell will be your eternal home. The Bible says, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Hey guys, thanks so much for tuning in to the Jumpstart Your Faith podcast channel. As a token of my appreciation for you listening today, I would like to give you my free ebook devotional called Jumpstart Your Faith 30 Days to a Renewed Faith in Christ. Just go to www.pastorbrianratliff.com to download it. Please be sure to subscribe to this podcast channel to listen to more messages like today's. And if these messages have been helpful to you, please leave a review. If I could be of any help in your spiritual walk, please let me know by emailing me at pastorbrianratliff at yahoo.com. And one last thing, if you're in Roanoke, please consider joining us for one of our worship services at Clearbrook Baptist Church. Until next time, may God's blessings be upon you and have a great week.